Marvelites, welcome to episode number 44 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, and information. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben J. Morse, a.k.a. Ben Morse. I wish I could redo that one. Marvel.com Associate Editor, and I am joined by... Associate Producer Blake Garris, also joined by... Intern Krista Maldonado. In her final day here at Marvel. Yeah, and she brought us cookies. Beautiful cookies. Yeah. Wonderful. You, yes, enjoy them. Yeah. yeah. Do they have milk in them? I don't know. Uh-oh. Just, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's a thought that counts. Yes. Yes, it's not there's, important. There's sprinkles. There's chocolate chips. There are sprinkles and chocolate chips. You get so. to keep the bow. Thanks, Benjamin. man. Yeah. Just put it in my hair. What hair? Sick burn. It's not like I have no hair. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you have plenty of hair. All right, so if you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we talk about all the new comics, new trades, digital comics, TV shows, video games, toys, all kinds of good stuff. We are everything Marvel. And then we're going to get to your questions and comments later in the show. But as you're listening, if you want to tweet your own questions and comments for us to answer on our future episode, use the hashtag This Week in Marvel, and we'll get to them later. All right, uh, let's jump right on into things with uh, comics on sale for the week of August 29th, 2012. First up is Avenging Spider-Man number 11 by Mr. Zeb Wells and Steve Dillon, colors by Frank Martin Jr. Just right out front, I'm letting you guys know, Steve Dillon is my all-time favorite comic book artist. He is the everything. He is the ultimate. He is my favorite. This issue is amazing because... Steve is incredible. He does such wonderful things with faces and with emotion. He does great action and really cool bits, especially if you guys saw the recent issue of Incredible Hulk that he drew. But when he gets down to it and he's doing human interactions, people, the nitty-gritty drama of life, that is just heads and shoulders for me above so many others. It's really great. There's a touching issue with Aunt May and Peter. They're at Uncle Ben's grave, and it's a really touching issue. It's just... Zeb Wells is known for being really funny and really fast and really silly, but here he shows that he does that and also can do the drama incredibly well. This is just such a great issue and another reason why I love the Avenging Spider-Man series. Over in ADX Versus number 5, we have two, two stories for the price of one. Up first, we've got Matt Fraction and Lionel Francis Yu illustrating Hawkeye going up against Angel. It's an interesting tactical battle. They're on a foreign terrain trying to outmaneuver one another. They've both got different power sets. Hawkeye just has his skills with a bow and arrow, so he's got to be a little clever. He's got to use his wits. Angel is showing off some of his new powers, and it's a physical showdown. It's really cool art by Lanel Yu, who has never really drawn either of these characters. Psylocke comes into play, and it typifies what ABX Versus is about. It's a fight. It's not a lot of talking. So just the right amount of dialogue, but they both are very clever in their move. Then the second story of this issue by Jason Aaron and Tom Rainey is Black Panther versus Storm. Now, if you've been reading ABX, which you have, you know that they recently split. The longtime marriage between Storm and Black Panther has come to an end, and we get to see the physical version of the divorce, if you will, in this issue. And it's a heartbreaker. We get to see them going at it. We get to see Black Panther pulling out all his tricks, how he combats someone as powerful as Storm. It's to see Storm getting a little down and dirty. They have a really intense physical showdown, but it's the dialogue. It's Jason Aaron's, not even his dialogue, it's, it's narration. The way they're thinking about their relationship, what went wrong, what they could have done different. I was a little torn up by the end of it. So 
It's a good comic. It's going to give you some fun. It's going to make you think. It's going to make you cry. A lot of everything in AVX versus number five. I'm going to say one thing. I love Storm. I think she's great. She's a badass. I would hang out with her on a road trip. But I think Black Panther was totally holding back because he would have taken her out even quicker in that instance. Black Panther's one of those dudes who he's got protocols for everyone. He knows how to beat everyone in advance, and he's just very underestimated as a powerhouse in the Marvel Universe. But I see your point, and you know he is, right. he is a badass, but she controls the weather, dude. I think she was holding back. She was just like, oh, you know, here's a little lightning strike here and there. But she controls every aspect of the weather. If she really opened up, if she wanted to unleash a full gale force hurricane... I don't know if he has a contingency. But when it that. got down to the, the punchy punch. Yeah, no, I, I he's think... doing fine in the punchy punch when she's not using her powers. If she yeah. wants to use her powers, then, you know. But he did some interesting stuff to negate her powers. You should yeah. read the issue and check yeah. in. It was, it was great. It was, it was good. It got us talking. Over in Captain Marvel number three by Kelly Sudeconic with art by Dexter Soy and a bunch of three pages of backups, various things going on. But this is cool. You've got Captain Marvel. She's in the past. How is she in the past? Why is she in the past? She's in World War II. She meets up with these awesome female fighters and this whole secluded island. There's a lot of mystery. Then there's these spaceships. What's going on? Lots of cool little things going on in here. We get... For those of you who don't know her origin, you get her origin in this issue, which I think is really important for uh, those of you who are just jumping on. Then you've got two backups. One, which is a little interlude about some of the characters who were influential to Carol Danvers, and as well as this crazy Captain Marvelous This is my favorite. Page. I didn't know what was going on. It's amazing. It's so good. It's like Age of the Century, yes. in a way. It's a faux Silver Age story about... Carol Danvers, presumably, in like one of those like one-page comic strips you'd see in the back. It's awesome. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. There you go. I would pick the issue up for that alone. And it's one page, but you also get a lot of good yeah. story. Otherwise. I gotta give huge props to Ed McGinnis on the cover here. Yeah. It's Ed McGinnis, Dexter Vines, and Javier Rodriguez on this cover. Because when I first looked at it, I was like, oh man, why didn't they put any cover credits on here? But then I looked further. Mm. The credits are on the bombs that... Carol is flying with, and it's so subtle, it's so awesome, it's, uh, I loved it. Loved it. Alright, speaking of things I loved, over to FF, number 21, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Nick Dragota and colors by Chris Peter. I just, I don't even understand. How are we living in a world where this is not every day I'm reading this comic a fresh, new way? I don't know what that even means. It's so funny. It's so silly. It's so crazy. It's so menacing. It's so big. So big. It's just incredible. Jonathan Hickman has been doing great stuff on all the FF books for a while. But Nick Dragota is just on fire with these bunch of FF issues he's done. I'm showing a page. just like the fifth or sixth page with Reed and Sue. Look at those faces. Look at those looks on those faces. It says so much. So much. That's so great. You've got all that. You've got great interactions with Peter and this member of the... Uh, I don't know the name of the race. I know that's the race that Yondu from the original Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, is but from. I don't know what they're called. I think she's one of Johnny's crew. Oh, yeah, from she's one of Johnny's crew. I was trying to think of the alien race. Yeah. I know, fun fact about them, they have the biology of kangaroos. Oh. Fun fact. Well, okay. There you go. All right. The more you know this week in Marvel Lights. In this issue, we learn that... Peter Parker has a big round butt, mm -hmm. and it's awesome. We get a great shot of Lockjaw being freaking adorable. We get 
crazy battles inside the supreme intelligence essentially mm -hmm. just incredible stuff black bolt doesn't say a damn word that's and, kind of his thing and he's awesome nonetheless he's it, there's just so much tension going on throughout this entire issue and you get crazy romance and drama everything you can want in a comic book i just want to slap blake in the face with this issue it's so good i want you to slap blake in the face with that issue speaking of stuff you love over in gambit number two mm. written by james asmus drawn by clay mann this is the second issue, obviously, of Gambit's new ongoing series. Picks up from the first, where Gambit found himself with... I think he swiped a alien artifact now embedded in his chest. He fit, spends this issue trying to figure out how to get this darn thing out of his chest, and also kind of waffling back between, hmm, am I a thief again? Should I be doing this? He's grappling with some moral quandaries. It's not helped by the fact that he meets a new female thief, who we actually were introduced to last issue. We still don't get her name. Lady Gambit. Details on. Let's call her Lady Gambit for the time being. And she's a very interesting character. They are both going after the same score, although he doesn't seem to know what it is. And we also meet some other supporting characters in this issue. It's just fun. It's a heisty type book where you get the intelligence of, you know, how do you pull off a museum caper basically in this issue but how would you also do it if you have mutant powers and abilities like gambit does but also gambit's just i think he's gonna win you over james asmus's gambit's gonna win you over ryan Panagos. he's a charming dude but he's dialing back a little on the over the top oh mon chéri stuff he's a little more human so if you're not a <laughs> wait gambit, so saying man, mon chéri and speaking french makes you inhuman inhuman makes you a over the top caricature the words of Ben Morse do not accurately you know represent. Why, you know why I said that? Because I know you can't pronounce caricature. I'm terrible so I'm at that. say it as many times Carica as I can't. Caricature. Good job. I'm yeah, so proud of you. I hate that word. But yeah, if you've never thought about Gambit as being a guy you would like to read about in a comic book, this is a different kind of Gambit comic. Check it out. Hulk number 57 is the conclusion of Mayan rule. It's also the end of the Red Hulk series because next month it becomes Red She-Hulk. So... Jeff Parker, Dale Eaglesham, and the great Val Staples wrap this one up. It's the final battle between Red Hulk and his allies against the Mayan gods. They have to pull out all the stops to stop these crazy, powerful deities. Who all the stops. Basically, if a superhero comes near them, they drain their power and bring back another one of their buddies. They tried to bring back the god of bees. It didn't work out for them. Machine Man starts doing the calculating here and figuring stuff out, but... Stuff for me here, as great as Jeff Parker is, I love Dale Eagle Champ's art, and I love, love Val Staples' colors on him. They're drawing these crazy, over-the-top, elaborate costumes and looks for the Mayans. Red Hulk looks huge. The desiccated superheroes look crazy. Machine Man gets all these different gadgets and looks, and they just blow the hell out of all of it. It's a good-looking book, crazy big conclusion, setting up big stuff to come, both for Red Hulk as well as for... Red She-Hulk, and you get a nice text piece from Jeff Parker in the end, kind of commemorating the end of his run on the Hulk book, although he be, will be continuing next month on to Red She-Hulk. Looking forward to seeing what he does there. Also wrapping up this week, Infernal Man-Thing, the long-held-back, written by the legendary Steve Gerber Man-Thing story, with art by the awesome Kevin Nolan. It's beautiful. This is very thinking man's kind of comic you cannot just dive into this one there's a lot of crazy stuff going on there is a screenwriter who is haunted by the spirit of a cartoon tree that he made up who turns out to be more than he thought man thing's got to help him out a former dancer has to help him out they're in the swamp 
It's about emotions. It's about your soul. It's about existentialism. It's kind of whacked out and crazy. If you enjoyed that book we recommended a while ago, Amazing Spider-Man Hookie, you should really check out Infernal Man Thing because it has a similar trippy feel and also Kevin Nolan's art is out of this world and like nothing you'll see. You also get a bonus Man Thing classic story in the back. So more bang for your buck. Yeah. Over in Journey into Mystery number 642, we kick off officially the Everything Burns crossover between Journey and the Mighty Thor. This issue, this first part, is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Carmine D. Gian Domenico. It's freaking incredible. We've been talking about this crossover for a bunch of weeks, a couple months. We are super excited about it because it combines some of our favorite things. It's got Kid Loki in it. It's got mm. incredible art. It's got great writers. It's got all the amazing Asgardians. It's got the weird new... Who's that guy? Master Wilson, the high druid of the Manchester gods, Man. who I thought was a really cool character that showed up in the most recent uh, Journey to Mystery arc. You've got Surtur, who's going to burn the hell out of some stuff. So he does. That's his thing. There's this first page, second page in the book that gives the dramatis persona and it is as you will it's really funny on one part but it also gives you what you need to know about who's in this book who could show up i especially love thory the hell dog so cute it's so funny i don't even know that i want to talk too much about the actual content no. of the book because there's so much going on and i don't want to ruin anything let's say there's lots of battles lots of fire funny moments scary moments very tense moments it's really good it is everything we had hoped for and i gotta say I don't know how Carmine D. Gian Domenico does what he does because some of these panels are pretty small. I mean, it's a third of a page, right. but it is incredibly jam-packed with content. Yeah, he so many a lot of fine detail. lines and details, and he's so good. There's this panel of Loki. Oh, man. There's this interaction between Loki mm -hmm. and Thor here, which I know is going to be all over Tumblr. I yeah. may put this on Tumblr today just because I know it's going to be all over Tumblr as beat, soon as beat possible. Beat the rush. Yeah, i got to be there first. Yeah. I mean, without spoiling the plot, what we can say is that if you've been reading Journey into Mystery from the start like we have, this is basically where all of Loki's kind of, not so much underhanded, but... Shenanigans. Shenanigans and the greater good bargains he made are kind of coming back to roost. Yeah. People are starting to find out stuff he did and also the consequences of his actions are coming back. So as a Journey into Mystery fan, this is just great because you're basically seeing all these stories that we loved pay off even more. You know, they can all be enjoyed on their own, but now they're part of a bigger whole and you get to see people like Thor, how he reacts to what Loki's been doing for the past year plus, so... That's a really fun treat. It was a really good issue. Yeah, and we get the next couple parts weekly, so we get to enjoy this pretty heavily And as we get into fall. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Unless you're Blake, you can't enjoy things. Oh, sorry, Blake. I'm sorry, man. You okay? Have a cookie. It's going to cause too much crinkling noises. No, that's all I want. <laughs> Over at New Mutants, number 48, by Dan Abbott and Andy Lanning, with art by Felix Ruiz, colors by Val Stables and Jesus Alberto, we've got the Hellions coming back, who, you know what? I did not read a lot of New Mutants growing up, so the Hellions, to me, they had just been killed mm. when I first was introduced to them, and I really think of them as the other side of the coin of the New Mutants there, Emma Frost's first team of students that she was training, but they were just mutants who got killed, got punked out by what? Who? Who killed them? Trevor Nim Fitzroy. Trevor oh, Fitzroy our boy. And the Sentinels. Yeah. When I mean, you got a name like Trevor Fitzroy, you, you got to kill gotta, everything. Well, you also got to be tough because yeah. you're going to get beat up a lot because that's a terrible name. Green hair, though. 
even more so. He had green hair and, and, a, awesome and a black goatee. He had like a, a bodysuit. He had like a like... green mohawk, but one of those mohawks that's not just buzz cut. It's like flowing. Oh, yeah. Like flowing out. He was he, from the future. Yeah, where this, know, was, where this was That all was cool. commonplace. Yeah, I believe he was designed by Will Sportacio. He looked awesome. He was, he was great. He was a 90s dreamboat. He was amazing. He was better than... Who's that guy that's in the circle chase? Deadpool. Oh, Slayback? Slayback. Slayback was Slayback is up there, too. but then you have Trevor yeah. Fitzroy's like Trevor, Fit, but Trevor Fitzroy's name is also Trevor Fitzroy, which yeah. is tough to top. Anyway, we're getting yeah. off track here. <laughs> You've got the new mutants stuck in this crazy backwards world. Little bits and pieces that we get throughout the story, which is super cool. And then, you know, there's this giant squid monster thing, octopus yes. gross nether world thing that is threatening everything. And it's really cool. Felix Cruz's art is cool and scratchy and very it looks disturbing. Very Bill Sienkiewicz yeah. esque. He's one of those quintessential New Mutants artists. So yeah. it's kind of cool that he's, you know, hearkening back to that. Yeah. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Great issue. Bad stuff coming. Why Did We Fall continues in Ultimate Comics X Men number 15, written by Brian Wood, drawn by Paco Medina. I continue to love the new direction of this book that Brian Wood has taken on. It continues to be a cross country road trip as Kitty Pride, Jimmy Hudson, Iceman, and Rogue are moving towards the American Southwest to confront the Sentinels that have taken over that section of the country. So it's one part kind of like road trip movie, and then one part just trashy teen drama, which I love. Not to imply that it's poorly written or anything like that, but it's just, you know, these are kids. These are teenage mutants with incredible powers in a terrible situation, and they react by kind of coming up against each other whether that's romantically whether that's as a crush whether as it's rivals i love the drama going on between these characters they got some situations here they never fight really i mean they've got some big superpower battles to come but this is just them facing challenges like we don't want to be identified as mutants hey a bunch of police officers just jumped us in a diner how do we get out of this it's very street level even beyond street level because there's no streets where they're traveling it's just dirt roads so dirt road level stuff where we're going we won't need roads exactly <laughs> carrie doesn't know what that's from carrie's not here right now do you know where that's from of course i do i was never mind so you got that you got paco Medina's awesome art and you got a big twist at the end as we get ready for the real meat of this story this has all been set up this has all been prelude i love also how crazy jimmy hudson in is and i love how kitty pride she's in control and she's got everything going on and she's taking on the weight of the world but she's a real character because she also lets things slip and she screws up once in a while so i'm digging that i'm digging all these characters i'm digging this book brian wood you're doing a great job man i know you're waiting for my approval i'm legit nervous for johnny storm and the kids I am too. back in new york yeah this book feels like you know bad stuff could happen at any time yeah all right, over in Uncanny X-Force number 30, we've got a rare Rainbows and Sunshine issue of <laughs> Rick Remender's Opus. You know, pretty much just 20-some-odd pages of people hugging yeah. and talking about all their happy moments being in X-Force. We've needed this. We've we get needed to this see cleansing. the unicorn version of X-Force, yep. which is really neat. So and great. And there's also a nice picnic yeah. that takes place. It's really great. It's not... It's Remender as you like it. Yeah, it, it's not Sabretooth killing people indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. It's not Phantom X being pinned to a wall with his heart pulled out. Yeah. It's not the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants reformed and messing with kid apocalypse's brain mm -hmm. and thinking mm -hmm. he's going to be evil it's not amul farouk 
the Shadow King being a just disgusting nice example of there. humanity. Yeah. It's not any of that stuff. No, no, no. You don't get that. Well, you get it, happy pleasantness. No, it might be. Oh, it might oh be, wait. It I might was, be some of that stuff. I was thinking of the book that I want Imagine. in my head. Yeah. This is the super awesome, incredibly violent, incredibly messed up Uncanny X-Force that we know and love. And just so much bad stuff happening to pretty much everyone in this issue. You know, one thing I don't understand, adult apocalypse that we see a, a possible glimpse of is kind of gross. He's like this big looking guy. Yeah. But Kid Apocalypse, he's a handsome young man. Yeah. He's got the weird little line thing. He's got blue gray skin, but he looks like a fine young teen. He's not. He hasn't been through the ravages of war and years that have taken their toll on Apocalypse's makes once his, handsome looks. It makes his face fat and bumpy and weird with the lines. Have you ever and the... seen flashback issues where they show Apocalypse in Egypt when he was in Saba Nur? Yeah. He was an Egyptian stud muffin. Were those done by Steve Scrosey? There were some done by him. I remember mm. there was an issue of X-Force. I don't remember who drew it. I want to say that Paul Telletier drew it that showed a flashback with N. Saba Nur. And, you know, he was a dreamboat for his time. Yeah. Could have been Pharaoh. Mm. You've been given a chance. This close, guys. Yeah. This close. Hands of fate. But yeah, I mean, Uncanny X-Force. Seriously. Seriously. All right. In Web of Spider-Man, number 129.2, continuing to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Spider-Man, we have part two of the Brooklyn Avengers story, written by Stuart Moore, art by Damian Scott. Very offbeat. It's a murder mystery. It has a very unusual suspect. It has very unusual characters. If you're looking for a classic Spider-Man story that also has elements of what the heck is this, then Web Spider-Man number 129.2 and all these 50th standard. Oh, no. There's so much equipment around. There's so much equipment around, Nick. What are you doing? Look at what you're looking at Nick Lowe, everybody. This is a really good Yeah, that's We haven't gotten to it yet in the podcast, but... We can jump ahead so Nick can talk about Wolverine and the X-Men. Wolverine and the X-Men, number 15. I read this last night. I loved it. It was one of my favorite issues this year. Boom. Yeah. It's a great book. Jason Aaron, out of control. Jorge Molina, bringing the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Maury Hollowell on colors, Norman Leon inks. I mean, what more could you want in a Marvel comic? I don't know. The thing about it, it reminded me very much of a quintessential X-Men issue in when they're at the school, and there's every part of the drama, the relationships, the humanity, and the yeah. humor that we all grew up on that was central to it, but still, like, it fit directly into the tapestry of all the AVX stuff and everything that's going on. You guys did a great job. It's one of those nice, you know, taking your breath, let's just hang out and talk and think about our lives. It's like right after Executioner's Song, that issue where Xavier can walk and, and he goes roller skating yeah. with Jubilee. What old man, when he can get out of his wheelchair, doesn't want to go rollerblading? Yeah, with let's a teenage honest, girl. With a teenage girl. For this Wolverine the X-Men issue, I mean, I would love to claim full responsibility, but I'm so humble Do it. that I can't. Yeah, it's true. I'm just so humble. It's true. Probably the most humble guy you've ever known. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's one of the things that makes you so great. It's true. It's true. In Toronto, where we just were, this where Blake and Ryan and I were, met one of our faithful podcast listeners. Mm -hmm. I believe it's uh, at Ms. Marvel Girl. Marvel Girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we go. Very nice, very nice lady. But I want to shout out to her. But uh, guys. Try not to wreck everything in here. We'll try. Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah. There's some expensive equipment it here. Is. I Actually, be so reckless. I peeked ahead to the comments this week. There are no less than three comments about how we shouldn't let you in here because you wreck <laughs> equipment. It's like people are it's nervous for us. It's probably true. 
I didn't even notice the light. Yeah, no I, kidding. There's a, there's, there's a right three foot hat. tall light that you pretty much juggernauted over. Yeah, we kind of set up an obstacle course just in case you're gonna come in at some point. Yeah. I'm glad they're keeping the very expensive camera over the, uh, yeah. On the yeah. other side. Yeah, still away from us and yeah. you. And from you. Yeah. Have a great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Don't break Nick. the door on your way out. I might. Oof. All right. That's another Nicolo moment. Nicolo moment. This week in Marvel. Hurricane Nick. Cleaning it out. Winter Soldier, number nine, getting back into the thick of things, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Michael Lark, continuing the Broken Arrow storyline, where Bucky's former protege, Leo, has widow-napped the Black Widow and brainwashed her back to her former state as a Soviet assassin, posing as a ballerina. Bucky has to rescue her, but also fight her, and also fight Leo, so it's a complex ballet of emotions and violence. A dance of death, if you will. Yes, a dance of death and romance. It's really good. This book's just, it's kind of one of those that fly under the radar, so I like to bring attention to it because it's heartfelt writing and the art is consistently awesome. Betty Brightweiser does amazing colors on it. And just when you think things are wrapped up in this issue, they might not quite be. There's a lot of twists and turns. So Winter Soldier, as we talked about it, Fan Expo Canada, Brubaker's going to be wrapping up his run on this, so let's see where he finishes up. I think he's going to finish strong. Yeah. We talked about Wolverine and the X-Men a little bit with the Human Tornado, Nick Lowe, but just incredible, incredible issue. Every single page has a bunch of things you want to pour over and look a little bit deeper into. Great interactions. I think this is one of the must-read AVX books. These are my favorite types of issues when... I'm sure some fans who love the action are going to disagree with me. And, and we have action places, you know, yeah. ADX versus places like that. I love issues where not a single punch is thrown, and it's just two- to three-page vignettes of different characters talking to each other. And that's what this is. Some are only one page, but you got Hope, Wolverine, Professor X, Iron Man, Brew, Iceman, Kitty Pride, all of them kind of colliding together. Oh, Kid Gladiator and Heartbreaker. Oh, my goodness. So... Man, I could go on and on. Quentin Quire, Warbird, they all get their brew. moments here. I said Brew. I'm going to say I said it again. Iron Man and Brew. Iron Man and Brew have one of the best interactions in the book for me. Yeah, it's amazing. This is a really good issue. And to summarize the plot would be to yeah, you, take I away your reason to buy it. Yeah, so, you got to read it. Point. All right, finally, we've got Extreme X-Men number two, written by Greg Pak, art by Steven Segovia. Continuing the Extreme X-Men crew, although they're not called the Extreme X-Men. I hope they are. I hope they take the name Extreme X-Men spelled like that. Extreme! Yeah, and get a theme song just like that. Yeah, and I, they have to cross their arms like I just did. So they're traveling dimensions trying to kill evil Xaviers. That is their mission. It is an alternate dimension Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Emma Frost, Xavier, and our Dazzler. And again, I said this last month with the first issue, Greg Pak is teaching me to love Dazzler. She's got so much attitude in this issue because they are dealing with this alternate reality where a bunch of the X-Men are gods. They're worshipped as gods, and they're ruling over a humanity that they see as mortals. It's Storm, it's Sabretooth, it's Angel. And the experienced Dimension Hoppers, you know, Emma Frost, Wolverine, and the like, are kind of trying to be diplomatic. They're trying to just get the mission done. They don't care if Storm is going to call them peasants or something like that. But Dazzler is having none of it. She's just like, excuse me? Like, every time they say anything, in people's faces. So she's the moral center of the book. But at the same time, you're like, oh, my God, Dazzler, just let it go. But she's so funny. She's hilarious. She blasts everyone with energy blasts when they could easily just talk things out. So she keeps the action going. So 
Extreme Axeman is just, if for no other reason, I never thought I would be this big a fan of Dazzler. So kudos, Greg Pock. Kudos to you. Hell yeah. Dazzler in 2012. Mm. 2012's almost over. Yeah, well, you got a little time left. All right, so time to pick our Twim of the Week. I'm going to start us off. I'm just saying it. Wolverine of the X-Men, number 15. Kristen? I would agree. I also want to just give a shout-out to Infernal Man thing because I actually just recently read that Spider-Man hookie, and I really liked that kind of, like, emotional but also kind of, like, weird stuff-going-on kind of issues. Did you read Infernal Man thing? No, no. All right, make sure you get those issues. I will. Before you leave, make sure Blake gives them to you. Speaking of Blake... Avenging Spider-Man number 11 and AVX versus number 5 are the only choices. Ooh. Everyone else is wrong. Ooh. <laughs> That's Classic fact. Blake Harris. Not opinion. Bold. Not, it's never opinion with you. Nope. You give opinions? Nope. <laughs> I would like to give shout-outs to Journey into Mystery, number 642, because it's the culmination of a lot of stuff we love. Yep. Also, Ultimate Comics, X-Men, number 15, because I think that book is just on fire right now, but mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you. Wolverine X-Men, number 15, is the book you need to read this week. Just my opinion. Yeah. Just that my is your opinion. opinion. That's my opinion. But I say facts. I know. So my opinion is wrong, I guess. Oh, great. All right, so time for collections on sale this week. Thanks to our friend Max Beckman for providing the list. We've got Deadpool Classic, Volume 7. Fear Itself, Thunderbolts. Fear Itself, Journey into Mystery, Volume 1. Machine Teen, History, 101001. Ultimate Comics Ultimates by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 1. And X-Men Legacy, Five Miles South of the Universe. Trade paperback. That's pretty good. I, I'm torn between the Ultimates and Deadpool Classic. I go with Ultimates. That Isad Rubik art is amazing. It's some of those beautiful stuff. Yeah, you're probably in the right. Last yeah, it's little just bit. bananas. All due respect, Deadpool. You're a classic, but yeah, man. Yeah. That Ultimate stuff. Yeah, dude. Any opinions, Peanut Gallery? Hmm. No. No? No facts? Blake doesn't read. No facts to drop on us? Chris, anything you're interested to um, read? Probably Ultimate Comics, Ultimates, and yeah. Machine Teen History. I nice. was checking it out. It cool. looked interesting. Very cool. All right. For those of you who use the Marvel Comics app, which should be all of you, all the single-issue comics we discussed are available this week. And additionally, other single issues available on the Marvel Comics app are Deadpool, the 1997 series, issue number zero, as well as issues 18 through 24. The Deadpool and Death Annual from 1998. That one was awesome. Heroes for Hire, the most recent series, issues number 6 through 12. The current series of Hulk that just wrapped this week, issues number 42 through 48. Miss Marvel Special from 2007. And Uncanny X-Men, issues number 535 through 539. Rock and roll. Again, everything we talked about, new releases, they are all available on the Marvel app. But for digital trades on the app this week we've got astonishing spider-man and wolverine deadpool core prelude fantastic four books of doom Mm. ultimate x-men volume 7 blockbuster war machine volume 1 iron heart and wolverine wolverine versus the x-men i like me some fantastic fantastic i like me some fantastic four books of doom by ed brubaker that's really good that was a classic and was that Paolo? Paolo's on covers. I can't remember if he was on interiors or not. Yeah, we don't I, have him I in front of us, so it's hard to remember. I can't confirm or deny. Yeah. 
I loved Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. That was good, too. That's, no, like, my favorite one. Yeah, look, listen to this one. I really do like that one a lot. It's good. Yeah. No, it's terrific. It's yeah. really, really good. Of course, the Marvel Comics app is not the only way you can get digital comics. Hey, Kristen, why don't you tell us what is freshly digitized on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited on Marvel.com this week? Sure. There's Spider-Man number 55 from 1990. There's Iron Man numbers 89 through 94 and 97 through 106 from 1968. There's Marvel Comics Presents 108 through 111 from 1988. Journey into Mystery 509 and 512 and 515 from 1996. Web of Spider-Man number 47 and 48 from 1985. And... Peter Parker, Spider-Man number two from 1999. Okay, well done, Kristen. Thank you very much. Blake, anything to add? Good job, everyone. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's kick it over to Stromy for some information on what's new in TVs, movies, games, and toys. Hello there once again this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy. I... I'm here without the able assistance of my intern, Christina, this week, for she is off between semesters, but she will return next week along with a brand new intern, Juan Vaca, or actually in two weeks, and they will be joining me hopefully then once we can get back and started on this train. So we don't have much in the way of things coming out this week in Marvel movies, TV, or games. Again, no new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man or the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes this weekend, but we'll have some more coming to you very shortly. And in video game news, we actually have a couple new characters in Marvel Avengers Alliance, or to be more specific, one new character and one upgrade character. The new character, of course, is Gambit, who has moves such as the Ragin' Cajun, which, as many of you will probably know, is a nickname for Gambit that I have always greatly enjoyed, so I'm very happy that they named an actual move after it. And then the Invisible Woman, she not only received a new alternate costume, she received her Future Foundation costume from Jonathan Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four titles. She also received a little bit of an upgrade. So she now has new powers. Some of her powers are changed around. She's upped a little bit. She plays very differently than she did before. And I think it's something that you will definitely want to check out. And that pretty much covers everything. I'm making this short and sweet for the wonderful associate producer, Blake Garris. And I will be back with you shortly for some news. Thank you, Strami. We hope you're doing well. Yeah, man. Hope that clears up. Yep, totally. <laughs> and we're going to start the news of the week with Ben. All right. As we heard earlier from Nasty Nick Lowe, Ryan and Blake were at Fan Expo Canada this past weekend, and we had a lot of comics news coming out of there. Most exciting for me personally, I'm really looking forward to this Morbius ongoing series by Joe Keating and Rich Elson. I think that's going to be Blockbuster. But also, we've got the awesome Eisner Award-winning artist Ramon Perez joining the creative team of Wolverine and the X-Men. We've got a creative shift on Punisher Warzone as Marco Cicchetto, unfortunately, had to bow out of interiors for personal reasons, but is going to still be on covers and is replaced by Carmine D. Gian Domenico, who we were just praising a moment ago. Jason Latour is going to be taking over as the writer on Winter Soldier, succeeding Ed Brubaker. And finally, we've got a new direction coming up for Dark Avengers under Jeff Parker and Neil Edwards. U.S. Agent is going to be back in action, leading the team. Cow. 
We had a Q&A last week with Kevin Shinnick, comedy writer who is going to be doing some upcoming issues of Avenging Spider-Man, guest starring Deadpool. Had a special Fightin' Fanboys video, which showed you from Impact Wrestling a few weeks ago, where World Tag Team Champions of the World, Daniels and Kazarian, talked about being part of Amazing Spider-Man. And also this week, our psych ward is Codename Bravo from Captain America. And also, we've, of course, got all your latest news and art from Marvel Now. We've got new stuff from Isad Rabik on Thor God of Thunder, from Greg Land on Iron Man, from Tony Moore on Deadpool, and a slew of cool Uncanny Avengers variant covers from the likes of Milo Manara, from Adi Granoff, and today from Daniel Acuna. So we've got more Uncanny Avengers stuff coming this week, and we've got more announcements coming up very soon on the future of Marvel Now. Oh, yeah. so a lot of the questions you've been asking will be answered. If you guys haven't already seen, go to marvel.com slash fanexpo2012. You can catch up on everything from Fan Expo. So we'll give you all the live blogs are linked in there. All the news articles are linked in there, the stuff that Ben talked about. All our photo gallery is jam-packed with photos that Blake and I took. Mostly Blake. Lots of photos that Blake took. Yeah, Blake's been going all over the internet bragging about all the photos he took. All the photos he took. Yeah. Uh, he fancies himself quite a photographer now. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> He's shrugging, which you guys can't hear. Yeah. So, you know, no big. You're trying to say no big deal? He's saying no big deal with his eyes. Yeah. Now he looks like he's crying. Something has gone horribly wrong in Blake's head. But lots and lots of cool stuff on the Fan Expo page. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Let's kick it over to Strami, who's going to have some more news about our games, movies, and more. Well, hello, hello, hello. Once again, this week in Marvelites, Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom coming at you once more from sunny, all-too-hot Los Angeles. Big news for this week is that Marvel's The Avengers is expanding in theaters since... 18th week now, I believe, of release. It's still in theaters, but we're expanding it for this week, for the Labor Day weekend, of course, which is coming up, Labor Day being Monday, September 3rd. You can go head out to your local theater and see it on the big screen once again. And, of course, stay until the end to get a little hint of the mad titan, Thanos himself. And you can... Rewatch all your favorite bits all over again on the big screen before it hits Blu-ray and DVD on September 25th, of course, which segues right into the fact that we had a couple new Blu-ray clips on the site this week, including a new featurette clip from the featurette Assembling the Ultimate Team, which focused on Robert Downey Jr. this time and talking about how he is sort of the leader of the band and worked hard to make everyone feel included, the new guys, the returning guys, and make sure they all really gelled as one unit and really acted like the Avengers. And then we also brought you an alternate opening, which is a rather somber and dramatic opening, actually. And it's framed around Maria Hill's testimony to the World Security Council following the Tesseract event, the Battle of New York, at the end of the film. But it's great. It gives you a very different feel for an opening, but it's still something that's fun to watch and see what went into just crafting the you know movie that you eventually saw up there on the screen. We also announced over in 
video games news that Marvel vs. Capcom Origins will be coming to the PlayStation Network on September 25th for $14.99 and to Xbox Live Arcade on September 26th for 1,200 Microsoft points. And of course, we had announced this game previously, but this is letting you know the exact date when it will hit. Marvel vs. Capcom Origins, for those of you who don't know, is actually a package that includes Marvel vs. Capcom, Clash of Superheroes, and Marvel Superheroes, two of Capcom's original Marvel fighting games. This is really where it all started. If you're a fan of Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, this is where those games have their roots. And it comes packed with a bunch of awesome features. Of course, you have the one-on-one gameplay of Marvel Superheroes, the two-on-two gameplay of the original Marvel vs. Capcom. But you also have, since this game you can connect to the various networks. You can play with eight-player lobbies and spectator modes. You can watch other people playing. There's some HD graphic upgrades. We've got some new challenges. We've got replay saving. We've got tons of awesome new stuff coming to these. It's a great, great deal. It's two awesome, awesome games. I distinctly remember playing a lot of Marvel superheroes when I was a Wii-in on the original PlayStation. So I'm actually very much looking forward to getting my hands on this, well, my digital, metaphorical, figurative hands on this little set. We also are bringing you some profiles of all the Marvel characters featured in Marvel vs. Capcom and Marvel Superheroes. We began with Captain America, who is playable in both games, and U.S. Agent, who is an assist character in the original Marvel vs. Capcom. This mirrors Capcom Unity, who are bringing you profiles on all the Capcom characters, and we'll be bringing you new profiles of different characters every Tuesday and Friday, leading up to the release of the game on the 25th and the 26th. So you can check out the first one already if you're listening to this on Thursday and look for a new one tomorrow on Friday. Otherwise, if you're listening to this after Friday, just come out to marvel.com and look for them both. We also debuted some new tribute art by a Japanese artist named Shinkiro. I believe I am pronouncing that right, or at least hope I am pronouncing that right. And it is an homage to the North American Mega Man 2 box art that I also distinctly remember from growing up playing the original NES. And this features, of course, Shimograph, Mega Man, Captain America, Wolverine, and one other character who I'm forgetting, but you should check out for yourself on Marvel.com right now because it's an incredible piece. And finally, we have a new full episode of Ultimate Spider-Man streaming on Marvel.com right now. It's Season 1, Episode 12, Strange, which is the title may hint brings you Doctor Strange. It's basically a Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Iron Fist team-up as Nightmare puts all of New York City to sleep and they have to stop him and get everyone awake because clearly leaving everyone asleep in the streets for too long can lead to some very messy accidents and bad things. But they team up with Doctor Strange, lots of crazy, you know, 
alternate dimension wildness goes on. And it's a great episode. I highly recommend you check it out. And with that, I bring you all of this week at Marvel TV movies and games news. I will speak to you again actually in two weeks time as I am taking a vacation next week down to gorgeous Florida, which hopefully will not be too hampered by hurricanes once I get down there. But I'll speak to you again in two weeks. And until then, I leave you in the ever capable hands of Brian and Ben and Blake and all those hooligans over in New York. So thank you for listening once more. I bid you adieu and have a wonderful, long Labor Day weekend. Thank you, Strami. I, too, am very excited about all the Avengers Alliance stuff and other video game things that we're talking about these days. A lot of cool stuff. I will say, I picked up Gambit, reluctantly picked up Gambit in Avengers Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook because I'm a uh, gotta-catch-em-all kind of guy, and I had enough shield points for him. He's not... You know, he's not the worst. He's not the worst thing in the world. Right. He's, you know, got his merits. Okay. He hits people with a stick mm. and he takes cards and he throws them. Mm. So he's the gambit you've hoped for. Yeah. <laughs> he's everything you want more. You really need sound effects to do gambit properly, though. Stick, stick, stick. Mon cher, mon cher, mon cher. Yep. So, yeah, it's great. And uh, you guys are going to get a lot more information about our mobile game. Like, super soon. Super duper soon. Very, very fun stuff. I think that covers the news. I think it's time to just jump right into questions and comments. Before we do that, if you guys have questions or comments about Marvel or the podcast, you can tweet them using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. You can also tweet them directly to myself, at Agent M, or at Ben J. Morse, or at Blake Garris, or at Strami. We're all going to see them, but make sure you use the hashtag. That way it gets on the show. All right, first ones this week are from at Cassius335. Alan tweets, Avengers Alliance, Gambit plus Rogue bonus is Southern? question mark Should have been Mon Cher or some such. Yeah. Where do you see the bonuses? It's after you win. Yeah. When it's like running through all the points you get, oh. it like quickly scrolls on the screen. I just skip right like through that. that stuff usually. No, you gotta watch it because like if you play as the X Men, it'll say like X Force. Mm. Like it has all sorts of cool little bonuses, but they're really quick, so you need to pay attention. Neato. Yeah. All right. And then another one from Alan says he's just continuing his last one. Oh, so it should have been Moncherry or Wild Card. Though once I get a few more shield points, he's gonna meet his third PVP member. Pick a card. So I, I don't know what he hasn't picked Gambit yet, yet somehow he knows the Gambit Rogue bonus. Interesting. You're a riddle wrapped in an enigma. Yeah. John Wilkinson. And then at Cassius335 says, P.S. Hopefully when Daredevil gets his alternate costume, he'll finally get immune to fear. That would make sense. Yeah. He's a man without fear. I don't think who... Project fear? When you get fear. I don't know. I guess my guys are just too tough. We it never just, fear. We it, don't fear anything. It should just say that he has immunity to fear, and that should count as something. Like maybe he's resistant to psychic attacks or something. Yeah, I could see that. Bobby Jojo. I like Bobby Jojo. He sounds like he's from Blake's neck of the woods. Bobby Jojo wants to know, will the Marvel Phase 1 box set come with a DVD and digital copy edition? It is Blu-ray. It is Blu-ray. It is Blu-ray. So that's a no. It is Blu-ray. That's a definitive no. 3D Blu-ray and regular Blu-ray, but it's all the Blu-ray. Also from Bobby Jojo, which do you think is a better wizard doctor? Voodoo, R.I.P., Strange, or Doom? I think Doom. 
Are you crazy, man? The best wizard doctor is obviously Doctor Strange. He's been doing this forever. Sure, he's had some rough years recently where he got stripped of his Master of the Mystics Arts Sorcerer Supreme title, but Doctor Doom was never even in contention for that junk, man. You know, all he does is try to use his sorcerous powers for selfish gains, and that will always come back to bite. If I know anything about magic, and I do, it's that if you do not use magic for the right reasons, it will take vengeance on you, as seen in the movie The Craft. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah. I'm going to agree with Bobby Jojo uh, and say Doom. That's right. Because Doom, the end. It's a strong argument. Next. Blake, you want to make a case for Dr. Voodoo? No, Dr. Strange has a mustache, and he prevails. There you go. <laughs> that's science More right evidence there. on my, my yeah. side. Kristen, do you have an opinion on this one? I would just go with Dr. Strange because... Yeah. Because it's the easy answer. Yeah. That's what I do. Yep. You've learned well. Yep. Finally, from Bobby Jojo. Hello, This Week in Marvel. Can you let me know what the deadline is to send in tweets every week before you set up the list of questions? It's a great one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I mean, we update right up until we record. Usually, we record on Wednesday mornings. So, I would say try to get them in by Tuesday afternoon, just in case we don't have time to update on Wednesday morning. Of course, there are the odd weeks where we record on Tuesday. So, the sooner the better is the right answer but usually if you get them in by tuesday afternoon you should be fairly okay that seems right at rad the ym tweets to ben and i've been reading the old what if books wondering if there was a reason they were so dark and death-filled because those stories make for great what ifs yeah number one they make for great what ifs number two you know the marvel universe is normally about what would happen if characters made the sensible choice yeah what if is about what if they made the out of left field choice that you know there's a reason they didn't make these choices to begin with yeah and often the stories that are super happy would probably be a lot shorter like yeah what if you know uncle ben never died there was one of those and they still made it but yeah well yeah they probably killed aunt may or something they did kill aunt may and then uncle ben was not as good as a single parent as she was so things went bad well that's a bummer that's what happens with yeah (laughs) you know everyone thinks this is great stuff about ben parker but in reality here's the deal Best thing he that could have tacos. Best thing that guy could have done was get shot by a burglar's bullet. Oh, well, okay. Real reality. All right. This week in Marvel. Another one from that Brad the YM. We are getting close to episode fifty of this week in Marvel. Can you give away any plans? Hashtag pumped for it. To give away plans, we'd have to have plans. This so. is the yoga episode. I started the yoga today. I started yeah. DDP yoga. Blake started yesterday too. What yeah, did you guys well, think? I, I just did the dirty the diamond dozen, the diamond dozen, which is yeah. right. thirteen different things. But just you know, the resistance, dynamic resistance, dynamic resistance, dynamic resistance. Make yourself a fire hydrant. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for you guys to get into the actual workouts. Yeah, I'm gonna start good, soon. But yeah, you gotta check those out. Which one are you doing? I've been doing energy recently. I'm looking forward to moving into fat burner and red hot core. That's what's up next for me. I'm actually following the schedule. Rune Singh has gone off the reservation. Yeah. He's just doing whatever order he pleases. But, you know, <laughs> well, we, do what works for we you. We lucked out. DDP gave us all four discs, right? Exactly. We all have all four discs, yep. so that's good. I'm actually going to buy a heart monitor because yeah, of this. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that, too, because yeah. he really encourages you to do that. I'll be honest. Doing those 13 little yoga workouts right, this morning, I, I was sweating a yeah. little bit this morning, right, and I go to the gym, and I sweat a lot, but... That even had me going, had my heart rate raised, so it was good. If you're interested in what we're talking about, which is Diamond Dallas Page's DDP Yoga, follow him on Twitter, at DDP Yoga, or visit DDPYoga.com. And if you do, let him know, tweet him, because he 
replies yeah, to pretty much great. everyone. He's an amazing person on Twitter. He's at DDP Yoga. Just let him know that you heard about it from us, from your friends at This Week in Marvel at Marvel. You can use our names, but... Yeah. Yeah, so far so good on this. So yeah, those are our plans for episode 50. Yeah, we're just going to hang out and do yoga for three (laughs) hours. (laughs) We can skirt around a question like that by just going on a tangent. Yeah. Next. Another from at BradTheYM. Is there a scoreboard for Twin Points? Could there be? If not, they are still in my heart. Yeah, Blake keeps it meticulously. Maybe I'll have one of our next interns listen to every single episode of This Week in Marvel and count all the Twin Points. That's a great idea. That's actually pretty great. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Put it down on the list. We're going to have them count the twin points. The other thing that I have the interns doing now before they leave is they're going through all of Rick Remender's comics, trying to find all the mentions of food stuffs, food products, food brand names, because he puts them in a lot of issues. And I want to do a little gallery of them because I think they're great. He has great names for food things in his books. Mortalthor99 asks, how about a team-up book featuring Iron Fist and Shang-Chi? Done. Seven days a week. I would love that. Just Iron Fist and Shang-Chi going around, kicking the crap out of people. The art would have to be stellar, portraying them fighting, and them just, you know, philosophizing for the rest of the book. You can't say done and not do it. It's done. It's not done. Done for me. It's, no. In my mind, it's a done deal. That would be great. There are no plans for it at this time, Chris. When I say done, I mean, in my mind, I would like to have that done. Yeah, but you're going to just confuse the awesome listener. Chris Vaughn and I have an understanding of what I mean when I say that. Go to the next one. At ImmortalThor99, again, I may be mistaken, but I think Spike from X-Men Evolution was based on the character Marrow from the comics. Uh, I remember there was a lot of discussion when X-Men Evolution was out that that was the case. I don't remember it ever being confirmed. But yeah, it was kind of like, you know, he had similar powers, he had bone protrusions, he eventually joined the Morlocks. There was a lot of yeah. parallels, but officially, I don't know if it was ever said for sure. Like, I don't think that there's necessarily a correlation that has to be found. Because X-23 first showed up in X-Men Evolution, if I remember correctly. She did. She was not necessarily based on a comic book character, she was a clone of Wolverine. Right. So, she was then brought to the comics. Yeah. Spike may or may not, you know, yada, yada, yada. At say underscore Deson tweets, why are books one and two of the complete Age of Apocalypse digitally available, but not books three and four? Everything comes in time. Patience. Yeah, we will release them, but I think some people don't want to see us release four volumes of a twenty-plus dollar collection right away. That's a lot. They think that they have to get it all at once. You know, we'll ease you into it. They will come in in due time. We assure you. At Jedi Lamont tweets, issue 692 of Amazing Spider-Man was great. The end of Point of Origin brought me back to when I started reading comics. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 692 was a really great kind of look into the future issue, but also I, I think a lot of people felt that way. It was a flashback to, you know, this is what makes Spider-Man great, this is what makes comics great, so glad you felt that way. Yeah. At Seasick Fish tweets, have you guys gotten Emma Frost yet? I finally got her and am very pleased. Uh, I what, What's wrong? I told Ryan yesterday. What's yesterday wrong? was the last day you get Emma Frost. Huh? I had completed what? 23 of 25 tasks. Mm. I was so close to finishing 24, and then I just ran out of time. So, no, I didn't get Emma Frost. I know Ryan did. I got Congratulations it. to you. Boom. Big moment for you. I'm sure Blake doesn't even know. What I got her with like 10 days Blake left. Blake doesn't even know what an Emma Frost is. You were such a big Avengers Alliance fan before you came here. What happened? Probably all the work we make him do. Why don't you play anymore? I played a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Wolverine's hard to level up, so I got sad. Yeah. You get sad a lot. 
Yeah. He's a le- level 11 for me. How's he for you? Not that many. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, hmm. Moving right along. Yeah. Zombified skits. Now that Deadpool doesn't have his healing factor, would you say he is still a mutant? He's not a mutant. Deadpool was never a mutant. He was a normal dude who was good at killing people and then went to Weapon X and they augmented him with his healing factor and some of his other abilities. To cure his cancer, Yeah, to cure his cancer. Um, He had some experiments on him, but he was not a mutant. I understand your confusion because he will often say he is a mutant because he wants to be a member of the X-Men. Wouldn't you want to be a member of the X-Men? So I know in Cable and Deadpool and also in the Deadpool series, he will often claim to be a mutant, but... Jacob Harris, you've been taken in by Deadpool's lies. He is not, nor has he ever been a mutant. So, healing factor or no, he has always just been Super a, dude. a mutation, sure, if you will. But not even that, because I think that means you were naturally born with it, which he wasn't. So, never mind. <laughs> at Miss Marvel Girl, pretty bummed Brennanator, Tom Brennan, wasn't at Fan Expo Canada to share his tears about death of Spider-Man. Which brings us to a segment we like to call... What is Tom Brennan sad about this week? Blake Garris, what do we got? Okay, so I saw him the other day, and he had a shirt on, and there were buttons on the shoulders. That's why he's sad, I think. Because that's not in? I don't get it. You don't need buttons on the shoulders. It's true. It's true. So he's just sad that his shirt doesn't make sense? There's buttons on the shoulders. Well, no, I get that there's buttons on the shoulders, but what is he sad about? Why is he sad? That there's buttons on them. But he wore you know the what? shirt by choice. I'm with Blake on this one. Yeah, I think you're right. I ran into Brennan, Tom, on the way into the record the podcast, and he was all smug. He's like, so you're going to record some more things about me? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, you can come on in and set the record straight. You are welcome no. in every time. And he said, I will. No, Not he's, today. No, he's, a, ca- like, he's, okay. he's, he's a coward. Yeah, so we all know this. He's crying. More from Jen. What do we call the dream team? I guess of Ben and Ryan. It's is it Brian, Ryben, Birai, Benyan? We don't even get Blake and Stromy. Just get yeah, Nick, they're, they're the they're annexed. They're the you know they're the Stromlake. Yo, I like that Blakely. That's not bad. Not Lee, Blake me. Marlake. I like Ryben because it's like Ryback. Yeah, but feed me. We, more but we've also been known to use our last names well we actually have a whole separate from marvel industry setup called morsnagos industries yeah. so you know we can talk about those ventures at another time yeah if you need legal advice if you need us detective to work detective work if inventions you need construction yeah pretty much anything just go to morsnagos.com do don't not know, go there don't know, don't know that's, that's i don't know how it's spelled so <laughs> there you go and from uncanny joe joey who has a stronger sense of smell wolverine Sabretooth, dockin Wolfsbane or Daredevil or any others you can think of? I would probably go with Daredevil. In my gut, it says his were heightened beyond anything you can imagine. Although, you know, Wolverine, Sabretooth, Dokken, Wolfsbane, they all have the same, in that sense, sort of mutation that gives mm-hmm. them that smell. It's I feel tough. like Wolverine, Sabretooth, and Dokken, their sense of smell, I don't know if it's so much a result of their mutation as the stuff that they had happen to them. So I feel like Wolverine's mutation is just he has a healing factor. All the other stuff is Weapon X junk. So whatever. by that reasoning, I would say the Dark Horse or Dark Wolf candidate here would be Wolfsbane because that's her natural mutation is to be a wolf. Interesting. So there you go. Interesting. You know, cats smell really deeply and they open their mouths and they smell with their tongue. So you're saying that feral 
is the real you answer. You knew exactly here. what I was thinking of. Exactly what she Feral. Yeah, Feral. For that hair. R.I.P. Hmm. All right. At X Force Josh tweets My twin this week is Punisher 14 with Venom 23, a very, very close second. That was for last week. Thank you, Josh. Another one from him. Saw that you had interviewed Rachel Nichols for the podcast. I sat behind her at a movie premiere a few years ago. She was nice. Yep, we interviewed Rachel at Fan Expo Canada. She is in a TV show called Continuum. Yes. It's in Canada. She was very lovely. She was super funny. Great stories. We will have that podcast at some point in the future, whenever Blake schedules it. And it was a lot of fun. It was really, it was mostly a rune. We let him jump in and, you know, take over because he knows her work very well. Right. And, and he's Canadian. He's, he's a Canadian he's, TV he's Canadian. show. We had to be fair. Yeah. We also interviewed Alan Tudyk from Firefly, and he's in Wreck-It Ralph and all kinds of stuff. He was awesome. I took point on that one. It was great. At Lex Pendragon. Okay, I'm only issues into Guardians of the Galaxy, and I can't wait for the movie. Boom. Awesome. It's there you a go, great Lex. comic, dude. So enjoy all of that while you're getting psyched for the movie. Yeah, it, you're going to love it. Yeah, absolutely. Also from Lex, when reading Speech Bubbles, what does a different color background, shape, or border do to the character's voice? I know a typed font means electronic voice like Iron Man, but what else? Is yellow a French accent? <laughs> like you said, in some cases, it's pretty clear, like, you know, a, a mechanical thing. You kind of assume that Iron Man's talking more electronic or something like that. But in some cases, there's just colored borders around the font. I think it's pretty. Uh, I think it's supposed to sort of <laughs> denote, like, it just sounds very different from a normal human voice. Sure. You know, when you look at Thanos, his looks really different because he probably speaks like a big, crazy rock Boomin, man monster thing. Booming voice. You know? There's no specific scientific delineation, in it, but it's just supposed to denote that it's vastly different from the way we sound. Right. Another one from Lex. Whenever I am explaining what I think will happen to someone, I catch myself ending with a Nick Lowe. We'll see. We'll see. That's Nick Lowe's trademark phrase, so you have to pay him money every time you say it. He should get that tattooed on his knuckles. Yeah, we'll see. Can't see me holding up my knuckles. Sorry. Another one from Lex. So, which side are you on? Team MJ or Team Gwen? What about you this week in Marbleites? Oh, he's asking Dr. Spidey this? Yeah, I don't but care. he's asking I don't everybody. care. He's asking us. Blake, calm down. Team MJ or Team Gwen? I'm <sighs> Team MJ. I grew up and Gwen had been dead for a long time. No. You know, I, I love Spider-Man Blue, but I have no emotional connection to Gwen outside of, say, the stuff in Ultimate Spider-Man and, and reading some back issues. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but for me, it's like MJ is the love of Peter's life. See, here's the thing. I was once like you because I only read the 90s books and or the 80s, 90s, 1000s. So I was like, yeah, Team MJ. MJ is the one. She's warm. And I still am kind of like, I'm not definitively decided but i've been reading the masterworks now and reading the old gwen story so i'm like kind of getting into that and seeing what it is and for me it's like if peter parker's life had worked out the way he wanted it to he would be with gwen not saying mj's not great i'm not saying she's not awesome but that came about because of circumstances as life often does so i'm not completely rooting for either one but it's not as cut and dry for me as it was once upon a time when I used to feel the same way you did. When life hands you lemons, you make Mary Jane an aid. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I didn't get to right edit these. Mary Jane We got a bunch from at Hawkeye, or Hawkeye UK, if you will. <laughs> Hawkeye. Tweets, 
Uh, had to play catch up on This Week in Marvel as it just moved out from the city to the countryside. Nice to see you've managed out without me. It was tough. It was hard going there, Pete, but... It was a haul. Yeah, thank you for bringing us back where we need to be. Pete also says, just imported the Beta Ray Bill Stormbreaker comics. Amazing! Could you put up Beta Ray Bill Godhunter series on the digital app? It's not there yet. Hopefully it will be it soon. It could possibly in time be up there, maybe. Yeah, maybe, possibly. We love Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. More from... Hawkeye UK. Can't believe Nick Lowe hulked out on your door. You should... Uh, Illuminati. Him instead it, of... It may, yeah, it means to spell Illuminati there. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Let's toss him into space. Illuminati him and send him into space. Who are the Illuminati? I feel like Blake would be... Not Black Bolt. Who would be? Namor? Namor. You might be Namor. I could take that. I think you'd be Namor. Yeah. That's all I got. Yep. But yeah, we should definitely spend Nick Lowe into space. Yes. Big one from Hawkeye UK. I know you probably get this a lot, but could you explain Marvel now? Okay. Quick version, Pete. Basically, beginning in October, following up from Avengers vs. X-Men, we are starting a new publishing initiative called Marvel Now. Over the course of Marvel Now, we are going to launch upward of 20 new titles with new number ones. A lot of them are retooled versions of prior series like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, God of Thunder, stuff along those lines. X-Men is going to become all new X-Men. We've got a new book called Uncanny Avengers. But the basic gist of Marvel now is that it is biggest writers, biggest artists, biggest characters, biggest stories, but we're trying to take a new look at everything. So we're shifting our biggest creators to different books. Brian Bendis has been writing the Avengers for 10 years. Now he's going to write the X-Men. Rick Remender has never written the Avengers. He's going to write the Avengers. Same for Jonathan Hickman. He's also going to work on the Avengers. Rick's also going to be on Captain America, taking over for Ed Brubaker. Matt Fraction is jumping from Thor and Iron Man over to Fantastic Four. Jason Aaron, he was on Wolverine. Now he's going to be on Thor. A lot of stuff like that, and a lot of up-and-coming creators getting their opportunity as well. And but you also get tons of great artists, too. Yes, great yeah. artists. You saw Rabik on Thor. You've got John Cassidy on Uncanny Avengers. You've got Mike Allred and Mark Bagley on the two Fantastic Four books. Right. You've got John Romita Jr. on Captain America, mm-hmm. and on and on. It's um, really crazy. And we've announced some of the books so far. We've got more books coming out, but the basic just you have to understand is it's new number ones. They are going to all have AR content. They're going to have great new stories that you can jump on board. This is an opportunity for Avengers vs. X-Men closes one chapter in the Marvel Universe, and Marvel now begins another one. But with all that said, this is all still set in the same Marvel continuity. We're not throwing anything out. Every story still took place. This is just a continuation of the Marvel Universe evolving. This is a nice chance for you to get in on the ground floor of some really exciting new stuff. We're really putting our best foot forward with these, and we're really, you know, we are swinging for the fences, as they say, and we're open to knock one out of the park. Yep. And if you want more information, you can also go to marvel.com slash marvelnow, and you can find all our news stories, all our art. I think you will be very excited. If you don't know what Marvel Now is, just getting on that site is going to blow your mind, all the cool stuff we've got coming up. Totally. And check out hashtag marvelnow on Twitter. Lots of information and cool stuff there. More from Hawkeye UK. Just found out I'm going to be a dad. Me and my better half decided if it's a boy, he'll be named Logan. Need a Marvel girl's name. Well, congratulations. 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 Very good. Well, great Blake. news. Great news. Sounded sincere. I, I'm happy for him. <laughs> Logan, congratulations, Pete. Logan is a great name. If you need... The great thing about Logan is it could be a girl's name, too. Can it? Yeah. I think so. There are girls named Logan. Oh. It's across his genders. So there you go. Not it's, to say you it's Pat. another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what he wants to hear. <laughs> so what else? What other good female names? Aurora. Namorita. Yep, yep. 
Uh, Carol Danvers. Yeah, Carol one Danvers, word. whatever your last yeah. name is. Yeah, one word. Um, Susan Storm. Yeah, it's a great one. Kitty. Oh, Kitty, actually. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. Makes me Kitty. Once I take away the pride, it makes me think of, like, Dynasty or 80s, like, I think of the mom nighttime from, soap operas. The mom from that 70s show. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Kitty and Logan would be two very good ones. Yeah. Jean. I approve. Rogue. Yep. Remy. Remy. Anyway, let's keep going. Remy's a perfect name for a boy or a girl. Yeah. Another one from Hawkeye UK. You guys should come to England, and I'll take you to the pub for beer and fizzy water. Blake can blend in with his UK accent. Let's hear that UK accent again, Blake. Hey, fizzy water. I guess. Is that the Fonz? That was the Fonz. <laughs> That's a British the Fonz. Like, why can't you just do a normal British what, person? I'm going to try to be the next James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... You can like do it. Fonz, yeah, absolutely. British Fonz. You've got the credentials. Yeah. yeah. If anyone can be the first American James Bond, it's Blake Garrett. Totally. Them. Yeah. Who did them? Who did you... Never mind. Business. More questions. Hopefully, we'll get out there at some point, but no plans as far as I know. Last one from Hawkeye UK. Can you read the comics from iPhone app on a computer? That's a great question, Pete. Yes, you can. If you have the Marvel app, you have one login to the Marvel app. If you go to marvel.com and you see the link to digital comics up all the way at the top of the page, that will bring you to the comic shop. You log in with your same information. You have the same comics. You can read them on your computer. You can read them on your iPhone. You can read them on an iPad. You can read them on an Android device that has the Marvel app. It syncs across all your devices. You could also get in touch with Comixology to make sure your accounts are linked with their Comics app and the Marvel app. You can just have everything synced up. Everywhere you want to read your comics, you can read your comics. And the great thing about buying online, I think you avoid some sales tax or whatever, but you can buy on the computer and make sure whenever you log into your iPhone, you can then have the books you already purchased and you can just download them directly on there. It's great. From Ref Gemlin, Robert Nolan. Question, will any of you be at New York Comic Con in October? All of us will be at New York Comic Con All of us October. being Blake, Benjamin, and myself. Strami may or may not Strami's be not, here. Strami's not in the room with us, yes. so I don't count And me. Kristen, we cannot speak for her because she there. is she's leaving she us. She can speak yeah. for herself. She uh, spoke I, for herself. I bought my ticket. I'll nice. So I'll see you guys there. Very Yay. good. We'll pretend to know, to know you. We'll pretend. We do <laughs> that know you. said, we will be most likely sequestered away mm-hmm. in our special skybox looking over the floor as we stream live for the entirety of the show. That will be on marvel.com and wherever else we put the video but we'll try to get out occasionally yeah try to see you guys you know come to the marvel booth ask go to the panels us, go to the panels we'll be around yep except for blake he'll be editing the whole time yeah he'll be in front of a computer getting butt sores and all that stuff Just wasting away also from ref gamlin love this week in marvel avx special with nick Lowe and tom brevoort gonna miss these wacky podcasts remember don't drink and podcast quote from the most recent oh. episode uh we're gonna miss him too love doing them but just the other day ryan and i were on an email for discussions about what's gonna come next to potentially replace the abx podcast so uh nothing finalized yet but stay tuned we, we could have some equally cool stuff that's going to rise up from the ashes of the abx podcast also from Matt Ref Gemlin, directed towards Ryan. So, with Gambit now in Avengers Alliance, is beating him senseless in PvP going to be therapeutic for you? Winky face. Well, you know, Robert, no one would be foolish enough to put Gambit on their PvP team. That just seems like a waste. 
like mine. He trading like... card, trading card, stick. Trading card, <laughs> stick, stick, Tra- stick. He doesn't throw trading cards. Playing card, yeah, playing, playing card. card. It's not like he's pulling stick. out like his you know pew, base, baseball pew. card collection and be like, oh, here's my Bo Jackson rookie. Charge it we up. Never, Those are worth money. When you were younger, he could take anything and turn it into he a He can, a but he's a thief. He's not going to throw away free money. Trading cards are worth money. That's right. Collect <sighs> them all. At Ref Gemlin. Great interview by Blake Garris in This Week in Marvel 42.5. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Certainly confirmed my interest in picking up Gambit. Ha ha! Which one was that? Was that Chad Michael Murray? Just two dudes talking about stuff. I'm talking about Gambit, apparently. Gambit? Yeah? Was that your proudest This Week in Marvel mini-episode? They're all... It's like you're a child. Because I do... I'm like a child? Yeah, but it's like you're a child. Oh, it's like your child. Your interviews okay. are like your children. When I was posting the story for This Week in Marvel 42.5, because Blake doesn't know how to do that, I put, because I always put in the mini summaries, oh, Blake and Ryan spoke to whoever, and Blake went postal no, saying, I, Ryan was not on this interview, it was all I, me, no, that's I, I am the one no. who did this. No, because you always put me. Blake and Ryan for some of them, and I'll be like, I wasn't in that one, take me out. I don't remember that. That no. happened like three times. What's that happen? Because you never listened to him. The only one I remember is you going, I interviewed Chad Michael Murray, I, Blake Tiberius Garris, and you will not. Why'd you show my real name? I'm sorry, man. That's, that seems legit. That seems legit. All right, at Runindus, Runindus tweets, the new Marvel MMO that is coming out. Have you guys listed what gaming platforms it is going to be for? It's a great question, Ron. The title of the MMO is Marvel Heroes. We have not given a release date. We've not said that it will be available for anything other than PC. That doesn't rule out every other thing, but as far as I know, there are no plans at this time to put it on anything but PC. I know that's going to be a bummer for many of you, but that is what it is. At WolfKnight26 tweets to Ben, heard that you were sick on episode 43 of This Week in Marvel. Hope you are feeling better. Thank you. I am feeling better, Ryan Putney. That is very nice. I appreciate your kind wishes. Another one from Ryan. I absolutely love listening to the AVX podcast. I I am sad there won't be any more, but it was fun while it lasted. All good things. Yes. All good things. See, listen to previous answer. Yes. Uh, another one from Mr. Putney. To me, what was it like watching Triple H versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and were you shocked about Brock Lesnar winning? Uh, it was awesome. I was five rows back from, like, if you're looking at the announce tables, I was to the left Jesus. of the announce tables, five rows back, sort of on the end. It was I great. I've never been that close at any wrestling event. Well, I shouldn't say any wrestling event. I haven't been that close at a WWE, a big WWE event. It was really cool. They fought. I was hoping they were going to fight right in front of us. They didn't, but it was great. Good match. I was actually surprised that Brock won. I was expecting Triple H to either win or to sort of be like a DQ or something. That said, yesterday I got caught up on, well, I got caught up on my Impact the other day. So I'm all caught up on Impact Wrestling, and I watched Raw 1000 last night. Uh, what? Finally watched That was like it. a month ago. I've been traveling That's a lot. true. Elizabeth and I watched Raw 1000. It was great. During the CM Punk stuff at the end, she was like, this is Punk's heel turn. And I was so proud. She's got the lingo down. She knows what's going on. It was awesome. I actually really liked 1000. I thought there was a lot of fun stuff on that episode. Really great stuff. More from Mr. Putney. Has Wolverine ever had an encounter with the Punisher? I think those guys would be good friends. Uh, They've had many encounters. Many encounters. They're not good friends. They don't like each other at all. There was a great period... 
in the early 2000s where Wolverine's book and Punisher's book, they guest star in each book, yeah. but they would, like, in the Wolverine book, Punisher would get his butt kicked. In the Punisher book, Wolverine would get run over with, like, a lawnmower. Well, what happened was, it was Garth Ennis was writing Punisher, and he had Wolverine get punked, like, he got his face ripped off and all this terrible stuff. So, since nobody petty was writing Wolverine, it was just Frank Thierry, he decided to do a callback and have Punisher get completely destroyed. Because Frank Thierry is nothing if not even-handed. Yeah. And not vengeful. Not vengeful that at all. That was very funny, though, where they had a little bit where they were going that was back great. and forth. It was great. Also, the uh, Hearts of Darkness one-shot from back in the early 90s with Punisher, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, yep. Howard Mackey, written by, I think it was written by Howard Mackey, Probably. and art by John Romita Jr. with Blackheart. Blackheart. So good. Yeah. Love that story. It was a sequel, too. Yeah, there was a sequel. Yeah. It wasn't as good. They've had... They just wasn't. They've had a lot of encounters. They don't like each other. They're no. too too similar. Yeah. Too similar. And then another one from Mr. Putney. This may be a dumb question, but do you think Rogue's power is more of a gift or a curse? Ooh. Well, and now she's got it under control. Yeah, she's I think it's more of a mastered it. A gift. But once upon a time, I think it was more of a curse. It was, you know, she used it as best she could to do good and get the best out of it, but on the whole, you know, it ruined her psyche. She couldn't touch anybody. I think she was just making the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. So I think it was more of a curse. Ryan Sawyer at Leftover Takeout. Ryan returns. Ryan Panagos of our podcast, not Ryan Sawyer or Ryan Putney. Ryan returns, is now Agent M without the underscore, and is endorsing loofahs. Suspicious. Hashtag trust no one. What can I say? Comments? Nothing. Nothing. I got. Uh, there's nothing to add. Okay. At Ocramid, Sal DeMarco, is it true that AVX will only be available as a hard copy omnibus? I feel Blake has something to do with this. Blake, are you working in collections now? I do many things. Good non-answer. It's going to be a hardcover initially, but as with most of our collections, we usually re- release them as hardcovers first and then a few months later release them as paperback so i would imagine abx will be no different yeah but i mean the hardcover is gonna be really nice it's gonna be awesome yeah but yeah i don't think blake had anything to do with it not a thing blake did i not i don't know did you did i i don't did you (sighs) at dr underscore spidey Listen to This Week in Marvel while on a flight and LOL'd when Ben said Blake's phone number was 8675309. Comedy gold, people. Glad someone got that. Kristen didn't. Nope. Really? No idea. Oh my god. You She's are... like 15. Oh, oh we're all that... old and dead. <laughs> Isn't it that commercial that's. Um... Just stop. No, it's not a commercial. Just stop. stop. After the podcast, Kristen, after the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Spidey. We love you. Scott McElroy, also known as Dr. Underscore Spidey, again says, please do not let Nick Lowe near any sensitive airplane equipment. The dude's always breaking stuff on This Week in Marvel. Nick and I were on the flight. I would have been terrified. We were on the flight coming home from Fan Expo. Nick was sitting next to his wife, and on the aisle next to him was senior editor Steve Wacker. I was in front of Wacker, Blake was in front of me, Dan Slott was in front of Blake, and at one point, Nick was like, just howling, laughing so hard at whatever he was watching on the little TV monitor, and then he put a treat on my shoulder while I was reading a book, and then I put the treat on Blake's shoulder. That is the circle of life. What would Blake do with it? 
It wasn't really a treat. What, what was, was it? it? A trash, I think. No, it was food. <laughs> oh. It was actual food. Did you throw it out. <laughs> yeah. Great. Nice know. job, Blake. Great. All right. Skipping over to at Simon Sebs. What are your favorite stories starring She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters? I liked her initial run in Fantastic Four back when John Byrne was writing and drawing the book, and then right into her sensational She-Hulk series. Also, the Dan Slot series was fantastic. Dan Slot stuff was so good. And there was a really cool when um, this guy Jeff Johns, who I don't know what happened to him. I think he went into the advertising industry but he wrote for us back in the day good luck to him did an avengers run and there was a great story called search for she hulk which was about her going crazy and hulking out and the avengers needed to bring her back it was a cool little story I you always it. wonder about these writers that just do one they just couple stories the face and of the earth. They, just, they had potential i know i know what happens to them it's a bummer jeff johns if you're listening you know come back from the commercial airline industry or whatever you're up to right now yeah we'll take you back I yeah mean, we you could, had potential kid yeah also from at Simon Sebs, on average, how long does it take a comic from pitch to publish to be made? There's no average to that. There's there no, no science average. to that. A pitch could start, you know, today, and it could be perfect, and things could get moving, and you know, or it could need a lot of work. It could mm -hmm. go back and forth for months. You know, the pitch stage is really a tough one, and the pitch can go either way. It can go from the editors to the writers to the writers to the editors. It could go all around. There's a lot of steps mm -hmm. to that. And pitches can get shelved for a while, too. Great example, Infernal Man thing, which we're reading this week, got pitched during the 80s. Yep. And for various reasons, just got put on the shelf. And I remember when I first started here, they were talking about doing it, and they've been trying to get off the ground. It finally like, took them like 30 years. So it could take 30 years, or it could take a couple months. Yeah, cray-cray. Mm-hmm. At Dirty Lash tweets, the Marvel Now FF looks so good. Do I need to catch up on Fantastic Four and old FF to know where I am? I mean, it's never a bad idea to read good comics, but yeah, kind of the point of Marvel Now is you can jump right in. Yep. You do not need to catch up on anything. We're going to put everything you need right there in the first issue. So yep. you can just start from the start. Another one from Dirty Lash. In the Marvel titles at the start of films and TV are the comics that are flipped through from one comic or lots of random comics. And I want to know each one, Lowell. One, tons of comics. Yeah. Too many comics for us to give you a list because I don't even know what exactly what comics those are from. And I imagine whoever put that together in the first place probably knew. But at this point, I don't think anyone can name every single one of those comics. Maybe Stromy could name a couple of them. I don't think so. No? No. All right. That would violate my faith in Stromy rule. Yes. Last one from at Dirty Lash. I want to... Swote up on my aunt met what? I don't know. I don't know. S W O. Maybe that's a UK term. So Squirrel Boy said, "I want a S W O T up on my Ant Man for the new Fantastic Four or the FF. FF. Any suggestions? I have Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. So are there any on there? The Ant Man in FF is going to be Scott Lang. Put that out there. He was the second Ant Man. He was in a couple. Cool classic Avengers issues from the 1980s. The exact numbers escape me. He was also, interestingly enough, on that Avengers run I just talked about, the Jeff Johns run. So that's a good place to start, but I'd recommend looking up his profile on Marvel.com and then clicking his digital comic tab from there. And that'll take you to some books he was featured in. Totes. At Swagpool, who is also Swag Base God. Trademark, Blake. It's not. Are you sure? No, but it I'm says trademark. All right. Will hashtag X Force get a Marvel now? Stay tuned. 
That's all I got for you. Stay tuned. Yeah. We got more announcements coming. At Swagpool for Agent M, I heard Mr. Hugh Jackman was slimmer for the Wolverine movie. Is that true? I've been avoiding the pick, so I can't call it. I don't know. The dude is built like... He's almost as big as The Rock in terms of musculature. Or maybe, all right, maybe he's not that big because The Rock is That's like crazy. incredible. That's huge. It, Rock is insanely huge right now. But Hugh Jackman is ripped, incredibly like chiseled, raw. He has like zero body fat. It looked like in the two times I saw him without a shirt right. on as he was in filming scenes. Incredible. It's like the Australian Blake Garris. I was yeah. thinking that too. I bet you were. Yeah, that you were. So I don't know that he's slimmer. He is definitely in incredibly good shape. And here we go with at Ungage, Ryan's uh, favorite part of the podcast. The world's worst Ben Morris imitation was a nice part of this week in Marvel. I've heard about this from last week's podcast. It's crazy because that was still, the best. I still haven't listened to it yet. I'm kind you want to hear some of it? Yeah, please. <laughs> let's come get, on. Let's do it. Let's do a question from Tim Stevens, pa. What? Say the next question like, like that. I can't do it because I don't huh? have, you know from Boston where they have the the lobsters. It sound like a like, sound like, like a Adam drunk Sandler Irish skit. guy. It's an Adam Sandler. Skit. That's awesome. I'm gonna yeah, go pa. back and listen to that. So basically, that, that, what is that? From? That's what people from Boston say. I've been from you Boston say it all the time. Yeah, I never. So say basically, that. Pa, Adrian M did that thing where where they wear the band shirt. To the concert, pa. Hashtag Wolverine shit. You are shifting between like five different accents. It's it glorious. Exactly like you. It's really good. It does sound a lot like me. Yeah. That was creepy. Yeah. It was good. Uh, so Tim's comment was that, oh, because I wore a Wolverine shirt, shirt to the, the set of Wolverine. Set. I posted a picture before I was going to the set mm-hmm. on the second day. And I said, he's a dorky of me to wear a Wolverine shirt to go to the set. And Jim... The director of the film, Jim Mangold, said, no, you have to wear it now. He tweeted back to me and said, no, you have to wear it now. It's going to bring inspiration. Hugh loved it. Jim loved it. The crew loved it. I actually got a shirt, a Wolverine shirt from Stussy for the guys over there. I'm going to get some more from maybe some from Mighty Fine to bring to them when I see them next time. So, no, Tim, it's not like that. Back on the bad radar. Kind of like how when you were in Australia, Blake and I kept accidentally wearing the same outfit. That was weird. That was really embarrassing. They really did that? Yeah, I think that was four days in a row. (laughs) Can you believe that? What a crazy coincidence. Can't believe it kept happening. Final one from Matt Ungage. I don't want to shock anyone, but Agent M just agreed with me on a This Week in Marvel. Also said I looked like Gambit. So there's that. Is that from last week? I don't know, man. Do you remember agreeing with him? Probably not. That seems like a hallucination. Yeah, he's crazy. All right, let's finish up with Trick Wilson at Trick Wellson. I know there's a dislike for Gambit somewhere in the group. Any other heroes you dislike? You're not a big fan of Crystal. Crystal. I can't stand Crystal because when I was a kid, she was cheating on Quicksilver with a Black Knight. I thought it was deplorable. And then as I got older and read more about her, I realized she has had multiple affairs. She has... She can't be tied down, yeah, okay? Yeah, she has cheated on every guy. She cheated on Quicksilver previously with some dude, some normal dude who like was in real estate. She Whoa. cheated on Johnny Storm with Quicksilver, and she just broke Ronan's heart this week. So, typical Crystal. I don't like Crystal. Yeah. I edited a comic with her in it. Oh, we know. We know, Ben. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We know. Have I mentioned that before? Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. I mean, yeah. Blake doesn't like Storm. 
Jean Grey is who I don't like. Oh, you don't like Jean Grey or Storm? Storm's fine. Why don't you like Storm? Though? Yeah, you wouldn't go on a road trip with yeah, her. Yeah, because she talks a lot. Right, right. Forgot about that. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to end another episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you, Kristen, for a great semester. Thank you for all your help and all your work. Oh, thank you. You've been awesome. Thank you to Ben, Blake, and Stromy. And most importantly of all, thank you to everyone who listens and comments and tweets and everything every even, week. Even Tim? Thanks to all the listeners. Have a great week. If you're in the States, have a great Labor Day. That's this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have a great Labor Day. And this is Marvel, your universe.